Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia Hyatt also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in your relationships as well as artfully handling life's challenges. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com and make sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you again, as always, for joining me today. And all your presence on social media, I appreciate that you're listening to the shows, sending them to your friends, and we have quite a listening audience now worldwide, so that's quite exciting that we are really helping people be the best version of who God really originally intended for them to be. So today I have a special guest and a great uh, topic. We are going to be talking about this whole entire COVID-19 virus issue is really what God helped me to really see was actually this is the great reveal that it is revealing so many things on so many levels, as well as all the way from the top, all the way down to just our individual lives. What's it revealing about you? What does it reveal about me? How do we manage this type of an issue, especially when it is worldwide? And so I have a special guest with me today. This is Mark Lucas, and he is the local ministry director here at KPXQ 1360. And he also has his own show, which is called The Form, and it's about forming things, right? I mean, religiously, emotionally. Yeah, really just forming the philosophy of life. And I wanted to tell you, it. whoever's voice I know, you I was have just going to say, did you hear that? In the beginning of that open and close, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I, I like that guy. Oh, do you? Well, see, I have to listen to it every time I do the show. So you probably like me less <laughs> than I like myself. And now I have to listen to it for an hour. <laughs> right. Thank you very much. <laughs> for every break, I know. That's right. What a joy it is yes. to be on the show. <laughs> well, thank you. It's Thanks really, for having me. really nice to have you. And it's fun because you have lots of insight. And it's always nice to get a male perspective on this and how it affects your family because you do have a nuclear family. You have two little kiddos, right? Well, if I'm counting, I have three, actually. You have three. I did finally get my boy. Oh, you so I've did. got two girls and a boy. Sometimes he's not counted, but I always count him. <laughs> I've got three amazing kids. so That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah. this is a new thing. Oh. For you with children under the age of 12, right? Are they under yeah, the age of 12? Yeah, so, uh, man, it's I got two teenagers, so I've got a okay. 15-year-old daughter. Ah, oh, yes. Just finished freshman year of high school, going into sophomore year, and then I've got an 11-year-old daughter, and she's a preteen. Okay. And then my son is seven. Wow. So he's the one under 12. He's the one under 12. And they're so much more simple. Well, no, my daughter, though. Yeah, they oh, well, are. Well, 11 is, you yeah, know, she doesn't close. think she's a... She's Acts 15. Yeah, she days. thinks she's a teenager. She really does. I know. <laughs> it scares me. I know. <laughs> Some gray hairs <laughs> that, coming in that's probably. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, so as we kind of start this, you know, Mark and I had talked about this show last week and how we may want to just address some of these things when it comes to an, a worldwide crisis where, for most of us, um, this is the first time we've experienced a worldwide crisis and one to this magnitude. And so it really is revealing. 
and it is revealing many things to us politically. It's revealing things to us culturally about different cultures. It's revealing things to, to us about neighbors, about our boss, about our children, about our friends, husbands, wives, employer, whatever it is. It's revealing all kinds of things to us about businesses and how they do business, how they don't do business, and, and how we all are going to cooperate if we're willing. And so when you look at the word reveal, it really means that it's allowing a look at or some kind of understanding of something inner or hidden. So there's lots of inner things inside of us and hidden things, sometimes even from ourselves, that something to this degree, this level of stress, is going to begin revealing things. You know, the first week or two, we all were pretty much on our best behavior. Right. And as this thing is drawn out and we get more and more information and maybe conflicting information, we start to then, wow, what kind of coping skills now are we having to use? How, how, how much are we losing, you know, hold of um, the adult part of us? And, and so there's a lot to talk about when we think about revealing. And, it's, and, and these kinds of issues have a tendency to expose what is typically hidden. And those are the things that we may even hide from ourselves. But God is taking advantage of this. You know, he causes all things to work together for good, right? And so he's wanting this to be revelatory to us in a way that causes us to be healthier, better Christians, much better evangelists in in our private lives, that we can really encourage people to think, wow, they really are different. They manage this differently. What do they have? How come they manage this different? And so we look at some verses about revealing, and we have Galatians chapter 1, verse 16, and it says, To reveal his son within me so that I could go to the Gentiles and show them the good news about Jesus. When all this happened to me, I didn't go at once and talk it over with anyone else. So we understand that the revealing of the son to the Gentiles, this is Paul speaking, about the good news of Jesus. And he says, when all of this happened, he didn't at once go talk all about it. So he didn't race out and start declaring things. He really let it ruminate within him. What is God revealing to me about his son that I need to share with the world? Then we have here in in Exodus chapter 6, verses 2 and 3, he says, I am Jehovah, the almighty God who appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, though I did not reveal my name Jehovah to them. Now that's interesting. He didn't necessarily have to say the name, but there was a presence that was absolutely undeniable. So we want that presence in us, that Jesus is in us, and we want it to be undeniable, that we don't even have to necessarily say something. Just in, we see in Galatians, didn't, didn't necessarily tell the name. We see this also again in Exodus. And so when we think about how God reveals things, his number one thing, and this is, I, I didn't look up the verse for this. I just thought of this. When God is revealing something, this is not exposing to shame anyone. This is either revealing something that needs to be changed, something that needs to be capitalized on, something that is missing. So he may be revealing a place in your life that needs some attention that's missing. So there's many things that revealing does. So as, as Mark and I kind of talked about this, we thought about, you know, what is this revealing about Christians? What is it revealing about our city? What about Phoenix in comparison maybe to other cities? So Mark, what, what did you think about when we talked about more about this revelatory issue that's happening to us? 
Yeah, I love this conversation so much. I think there's a Warren Buffett quote, and normally I don't quote Warren Buffett on Faith Talk. (laughs) But Warren Buffett says, in times like this of the pandemic, it's as if the tide has gone out and we all stand in the water naked. Yes. And it reveals in that moment, Mm -hmm. really kind of from the inside out, it reveals the inside of the person. That's right. And I think that's where we all stand in this moment, and it probably starts with us individually before God, and then also us within our family unit. And we start to realize that there are some things about ourselves that probably we don't love. And this has really brought that full attention, full center, as if we stand holding a mirror up, and now our loved ones, our community, possibly at work, in society, we see the positive and the negative, but we really, I think, have a great vantage point to look at the negative. That's right. And, you know, we have that verse in Job that I just, I just thought of, and it says, um, now I just lost it, the heavens will reveal his sins and the earth will give testimony against him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's telling. It's like, you know, we weren't ready for all this revelation about ourselves, about our friends, our families. It's like we're finding things out about people we all thought maybe we were on the same page and had the same ways of thinking, and we're finding out they do not think like I do. I thought we were on the same page, right? I thought we were all Democrats. I thought we were all Republicans, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) I thought we were all Christians, okay? That's true. And we find out that, wow, I thought we were a lot more on the same page than we are, and it's revealing a lot of things. And, wow, they're seeing me. And maybe I didn't want someone to see those things. I wanted more opportunity to work on them before I actually had, I was revealed, right? (laughs) No, it's true. I think about in Luke 6.45, Jesus would say, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And I think... For me personally, for us and the beautiful listening audience of Faith Talk, we have to continually navigate and really ask ourselves, what are we putting in our minds? What's in our hearts right now? And those things are being spilled out across the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, negative responses that we've all seen. I mean, people really hoarding toilet paper and hand sanitizer. (laughs) I mean, that was some of the first, like, really? This is happening right now? And And the judgmentalism. Right, a man taking things out of another person's shopping cart because they have toilet paper and he doesn't, (laughs) and then he's running. (laughs) My wife getting shamed at the grocery store because she doesn't, she's made the choice not to wear a mask. Exactly, exactly. So an interesting dichotomy of things happening right now that are negative and positive, but some of the negative ones that I've seen for sure. Well, and I also like this this verse, it's... um, it's Isaiah 8, chapter 18, uh, chapter 8, verse 18. It says, I and the children of God have given me a symbolic names that reveal the plans of the Lord of heaven's armies for his people. Isaiah means Jehovah, which will save his people. And so it reveals maybe the plans that God is having for us that, you know, I know I, I pray, you know, and I say, God, please help me know what I'm supposed to do or what you're doing. And maybe I don't understand what's happening in the life of someone in my family that I love, or I don't understand what's happening in the world, in my country, and my na- whatever it may be. But this is where we know that, the, that Christ is truly the great revealer. He, he is the one that comes in, and he's so bright and so light and so holy and so pure that it shows everything. 
And so we are really having this, that, that God is really revealing plans that he may have for us, and it's important for us to listen, right? Really and, and for us to be able to say, okay, God, I'm going to take this opportunity not just to survive, <clears throat> but to really find out what you're doing with me in the next part of my life. So <clears throat> I always have to tell everybody, remember, I have allergies. I don't have the virus. So. <laughs> <laughs> so frustrating. Here so, right now as I sit across from uh, you. Oh, th- I'm yeah. glad you feel secure now. I feel very <laughs> secure now. <laughs> <laughs> you can take your mask off, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I think this is where we want to really understand as well that not everybody deals with conflict and not everybody deals with hardship and not everyone deals with with fear the same way and we want to respect how people deal with fear and and we want to have compassion on people if i'm not afraid then that that's fortunate for me but that doesn't mean that everybody else isn't and that i should be demeaning or demoralizing in the same way that we would not be judging someone that seems brave Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And today we are talking about the great reveal, that what stress, hardship always bring is revelation. And the revelation may not always be positive. Sometimes it reveals things to us about people we didn't want to see. Sometimes it reveals things that are pleasantly surprising. And so we want to be thinking about, what is this revealing about me? What is God revealing to the world about me and revealing to me about me? So we have Mark Lucas with us today. He is the local ministry director here at 1360KPXQAM Radio, and he has his own show. It's called The Form, and it's about just life philosophy and forming a life philosophy, right? That's correct. Okay, so thank you and welcome to the show again, Mark. Glad to be here. So we left off talking about this whole idea of, of judgment and that we can be judgmental of people. And we talked about the person in the grocery store that's maybe looking like they're hoarding things, and we might be judgmental of them. We might be judgmental of the person that's wearing the mask, like, come on, what's wrong? We, or it may go the other way, where, we're, where someone is saying, how can that person be that brazen, that bold, that maybe they think it's selfish, to not being wearing a mask and gloves. Maybe they, they are worried about a loved one in their home. And so we want to be really careful about what it's revealing. And we always want it to, that our hearts are revealed that they are hearts of love. They are hearts of forgiveness, of compassion, of peace, and certainly of strength, that we can help others be more compassionate, more courageous. We can help people be certainly closer to God if they are willing. And so I'm glad that we have Mark today because he has a different way of looking at some of these things, but he also, you know, really enjoyed some of the ideas I had about how revelatory this kind of stress is. So with that, yeah, what do you got for us, Mark? Well, I think, like you've been saying, and this is a great conversation that really all the listeners, I mean, our hearts and prayers would be that you guys would have these conversations with you and God. It is a hard reboot, and it is a time for us to really ask God to give us clarity and wisdom in the revelation. And the reality is, is that God every single day wants to be teaching and showing us things in our life. So there's been things in my life that I've asked God to give me wisdom and discernment and guidance to be able to, when I do reboot, that I learn and grow from that reboot. And I think that's ultimately God's plan for all of us. And I think for me, one thing that's been really good for me personally is to manage my time well. I've realized 
that there's been moments where I normally wake up in the morning and typically I'm used to going off into the radio station and being gone for nine hours. And now there's been moments where I'm like, you know what, I'm here all day. I normally get up and have my quiet time, but really I could just have it later. I mean, I'm going to be back in this room in 20 <laughs> minutes on a Zoom call. That's right. So I could just have it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And I realize in those moments that that is just so wrong. I've got to keep structure. I've got to keep priorities where they lie and just make sure that God has reminded me that I need to manage not only my time, but my talent and treasure well and know that time lost cannot be replenished. And I've got to really commit myself to navigating that well. So I think a lot he's revealing to me right now, but that's one of the areas for me that's been really important. I think back Mark Twain, gosh, back in the 60s said, wake up in the morning and eat your live frog. It's the best thing you'll do throughout your day. And he's saying, whatever's the hardest thing, do it first. And I'm not correlating the hardest thing being a quiet time, but there are some mornings where I'm tired. I haven't had my coffee yet. I'm just kind of grouchy overall. I haven't really woke up. And getting into kind of a rhythm of having time with the Lord. Yeah, to set the platform. Right. Set the foundation. Yeah, and it's so— At least give myself an opportunity to have a good start. Right. Yeah. Right. Set myself up for some type of great success. And I think what I've realized is that I've realized that revelation happens truly through God's Word. And James would tell us that when we read God's Word, it's as if we hold a mirror in front of our souls. So if I don't get that time for Him to reveal through His Word— who I am, how I can grow, who I am as a man, as a husband, as a father, in vocationally in my work, all of those things, I need his word to reveal those things to me. And at the end of the day, I mean, we have more time than ever to be able to really commit and grow and to spend time with God, spend time in his word. So there's really, and I'm telling well, myself, we, yes. there's no excuse, really, when right? We see God, we, we see people doing this with, you know, they're exercising more or they're doing hobbies more. You know, they're spending more time. They're playing games with with kids. They're, you know, the, going and, for a walk. Yes, or, yeah. and so I think it's it's great. I it's really a good reframe to think about this reboot that says, you know, if we get this reboot, we don't want to have to keep redoing it. So whenever I know that God is teaching me something through an event, especially a kind of a catastrophic event, I want to learn everything I can so I don't have to go back and relearn things that I missed. You know, I don't want him to have to bring another event that says, you know, you didn't get this most important one. And usually that most important one is truth, love, peace, joy, all the fruits of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. That God is saying, you know, these things are free to you if you will take them and use them. You know, instead of us manufacturing our own solutions, right? And so I think it's, it's, it's really important to think about how can I reboot my life too? Do I need to create a new structure for myself? Can I put new disciplines in, in place? Can I maybe be less rigid? Maybe I'm too rigid, right? Maybe I need to relax a little bit and enjoy time and enjoy my family and my friends and, you know, these types of things and find out what it's like to actually relax, right? So I think you have a great, that's a great idea in terms of just saying, hey, how are we going to do this reset? You know, this reboot. We get all this stuff revealed to us in all these different areas. And I'm hoping that all the revelation that we give, good, bad, or indifferent, causes us to be healthier, better people, more loving people, people that are more committed than ever to the fact that this world is not going to be here forever. Yeah, that's really well said. And I would totally agree. I think for me, 
I used to do this back when I was doing a lot of ministry inside of corporations. We would do a blind spot evaluation. Mm. And we would send out this blind spot to the spouse and then to two of the closest friends that this executive had. And they would have three people give a 24 24 viewpoint of like, this is who you are. And this is kind of a moment in a season God's given us where we're all in this kind of blind spot evaluation of really seeing ourselves for who we are. But then you're right, it's all about us making that choice. Mm -hmm. How will we grow and become better? Right, or am I going to become more of who I am? Am I going to resist what's happening? Exactly. And, and, you know, really get stronger in my bad behaviors. That's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really an opportune time if we just don't miss this new thing that God is doing. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about in the next segment, is what are the new things that we're seeing? And I have seen a lot of new things. And I'm hoping that some of these new things continue, like how friendly people are. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, people in my neighborhood in their car, they even wave to me. And I think, right. wow, I actually have neighbors. <laughs> I didn't you know. know. Who I knew? Know. I, I know because, neighbors. you know, we all had yeah. these, like, kind of um, surreal groups that we hung out with, you know, who we do on Facebook and all these, like, more in the, in the like, it, it, it's not the concrete people that are around us or our group anymore. And it used to be that when we didn't have all this social media, that your group was proximity. It's whoever you were around. And now we get to kind of pick, now I want my group, and they're all in, in uh, you know, Minnesota. So, yeah, I like them better out there. <laughs> so now we're going, I have no access to these people like I did. You know, so <clears throat> we're really having to practice saying, who's right in front of me? Right? And that may be a very new thing to find out who's right in front of you. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join us in the next segment as we talk about that new thing, this new normal that we are going to find. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today and also sending the shows to your friends. And uh, don't forget that we have the study guides online as well so that you can listen to the show. You can re-listen to it and, and just kind of look at the questions and ask yourself and delve in a little more deeply with what God might be really revealing to you, telling you. So we are talking today about this great reveal, that God is revealing so many things to us about our world, all the way down to just our own individual self. And I thought, you know, really for the first time, I mean, other than the Tower of Babel, we really feel like this world is a very small place. And it's never felt that way before. It's always just been huge. And now it, we all feel like we're all, because we're all in this together. And so we're seeing how many different ways, different cultures and countries there are dealing with it. And even in our own city, how many different ways people are dealing with this. So what we're doing is recognizing that we're in about our sixth week of this virus. And um, We're going to now understand that we are needing a new normal. So God is revealing so many things to us about what needs to change, what we may need to be forgiving about, how we may need to forgive ourselves, maybe new habits we need to create or habits we need to quit. So this is the time to really say, okay, God, you revealed this to me. And now, God, you're going to create also a new normal for me. So this term, new normal, 
is actually a business and an economic term. It refers usually to financial con conditions. But it's also something that has been used in a variety of, of other contexts, and it really implies that something that was previously abnormal becomes commonplace. And that's one of the things we want to guard against, is that if the things that are happening now are things that are reactive, we want to be careful that we don't take that into the new normal. But we also want to realize that maybe God's revealing to us that some of the stuff we were doing before the virus was abnormal. But because we'd done it for so long, we thought it was actually normal. So we have an opportunity to really say, God, what is going to be our new normal? And we want it to be a healthy one. And so when we're understanding the need for a new normal, we are going back, and a lot of this has to do with the way we do things medically, but really how we do things socially and culturally. That's going to have to be a new normal. And, you know, it used, it, it, for a while, when I was growing up, nobody hugged. Then all of a sudden, I think kind of the charismatics brought it to the nation. <laughs> everybody started hugging everybody. <clears throat> now everybody hugs everybody. Now everyone's not allowed to hug anybody. So... We have to figure out what our new normal is about, wow, do we shake hands? Do we not shake hands? Do we hug? Do we not hug? What do, what do we do here? How are we going to socially interact? And how are we going to get some of our needs met in a new normal? And maybe we find out that some of the needs we thought were needs are actually wants. And we don't really need it. So we have with us today, if you're just tuning in, Mark Lucas. He is the local ministry director here at the station, and he also has his own radio show that I really enjoy, and he's a very, very eloquent speaker, very high energy, and um, he has a show about the form, which is forming life philosophy and how you do your life. So I thought he might be a great guest for us when we're talking about, wow, this old thing is passing away, a new thing is coming, and what is the new thing and the new normal? And what's God revealing to us about ourselves? So we're going to have Mark on this next segment with us. And I know that you're going to enjoy what he has to say to us. So I'm going to have him just introduce himself really quickly before we get to the next um, break. Yeah, Mark Lucas, like you said, <laughs> had the privilege of being a local ministry director right here at the station. And I get to come alongside beautiful programs like yourself and uh, just encourage. Well, that can, that's the new normal. That's the new normal. Cynthia Hyatt's beautiful yes. program. Yes. No, that's not the normal. That's been the normal for a long time. Oh, see, that's why I have you on the show. Not that you're old, but for a long time, that's been the normal. So it's been a joy. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Now, how much do I owe you for that one? Uh, I'll tell you after the show. Okay, good. <laughs> I can't bribe on air. That's so right. That would be unethical. That's right. <laughs> so you kind of address this in your show when you, you kind of talk about normals and revealing things and change and... Yeah, I mean, my show is all about having conversations like you do, conversations that matter. So mm -hmm. the whole premise of the show is about what are the conversations that we need to be having? Maybe we've been reluctant to have these conversations. Uh, we want to have conversations that kind of get to the mis missional meaning of life. What's my identity? Who am I? Those are the conversations we need to be having on right, my show right. and on your I show. Li no, I yeah. like that. I think yeah. it's really helpful. And I think these times, I know that... You know, I joke a lot and I love to laugh because I tell clients frequently that laughing is probably the only thing you can really do free mm. and there's no bad side effects. Yeah. None. 
you know, and and it's so good for your, for your whole entire system. Your it's whole medicine you, for it the soul, is, right? it is. It's so healing to our body, and so we're not, in any way, taking this lightly. But I do want us to have some joy, even in the midst of some hard, hard times and sorrow. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join us in the last segment as we talk more about the new normal. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Please remember to visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and all the shows now are able to be downloaded right off the website, and you can also go to your favorite podcast server. We have all the entire library of the shows on all your favorite podcast servers. So thank you again so much for listening to the show and participating in social media. And just being here with me today. So if you're just tuning in, I have with me today Mark Lucas. He is also one of the um, different radio hosts here at at KPXQ. And he is also the local ministry director and has his own show called The Forum. And we left off in the last segment just talking about this idea of a new normal. And that came with this great reveal that what is the, the coronavirus revealing to us about our culture, ourselves, our family, our friends, our faith, how we do business, and what are the things that are being revealed to us about ourselves that need to change, or maybe some qualities that we find are enduring that need to be strengthened as well. And so as we do that, we talk about this new normal. What would be our new normal for our home, our family, our friends, our job, our city, our culture, our churches even. Our churches are absolutely in a big, huge way of finding a new normal. So so I'm glad that Mark is with us today because I wanted to know and I wanted you to hear some of his insights that he's had about this as I've talked to him. So Mark, tell me, tell the, the listeners some of what you and I were talking about. Yeah, for sure. I think, again, this revealing new normal conversation is what we should be discussing. And I think as we've already discussed, God's Word truly is revealing, and it reveals things from the inside out of who we are. So 2 Timothy 4.5 has been a passage for me personally, and I think really for all of us, as we lean in and listen to these words, it'll be a revelation for us. It says this, As for you, which is us, you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering. That one's hard. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. So kind of some pieces, Cynthia, that I've broken this passage down, sober-minded. I've asked myself, how do I steer clear of these coping mechanisms, these things of comfort, which you talked about in the last few shows? Go back and listen if you didn't hear them. Why do we kind of naturally live in a place of being so marinating in this bowl of comfort? And we want to be comfortable. We don't live a place where we go to Netflix or maybe at times too much alcohol or whatever it is. We have these coping mechanisms. So I've asked myself, God, help me as you reveal this to me. Help me in my mind. Because he's saying here, let our minds be sober-minded, not controlled by things of the world, but renewed truly through the Word of God, renewed through prayer, renewed through the fruit of the Spirit like you talked about. So God, let me be more sober-minded. And this revealing has made me realize there's some areas in my life. My wife and I finished a Netflix show like last Monday, and we're like, what do we do now? Oh my gosh, what are we going to watch next? (laughs) The whole world is falling. Like Everything is freaking out in our minds, 
but we realized, oh my gosh, are we leaning maybe too much in the comfort of Netflix? Should we just go and go for a walk? Or should we go out and just enjoy God's creation? Or go in the backyard and just sit there and just talk? Put or, our or, phones you know, aside. I'm thinking even like, why don't we play cards anymore? Right. Board the games. The beautiful board yeah, games. Yes. Before technology, so that's what I families know. did, we right? Did. That's right. And we had beautiful people over. Games. I mean, I my parents had people over playing cards all the time. All and, the time. Yes. And that was how we connected yes, and yes. socialized. So I think that sober-minded part has been really good for me to really kind of pray through. And Alcohol. you know, think about sober-minded versus emotionally-minded, because mm. that, that's kind of what you're talking about, and I tell clients this frequently, that we want to know the difference between analytically thinking, you know, if we're really thinking, or whether we're actually emoting and putting thoughts to our emotions, and we're thinking they're now facts. Right. So we have to be really careful about the way we think and recognizing, okay, am I letting my emotions kind of, it's like being drunk on your own emotions, I tell people, right? So it's like, am I letting my emotions really inflate or conflate the, the, my thoughts? Like how accurate are my thoughts or how emotionally motivated are my thoughts? That's well said. And even like NBC News right now says facts, not fear. Right. So I think it's really just like you said, it's processing through and it's made me realize there are massive amounts of media that I was consuming. Mm-hmm predominantly news, obviously. And I realized that I have the news on and I'm still working from home, but I have the news on and it's on all day. And I think to myself, I'm not very patient. I'm anxious. I'm full of fear right now. What is happening versus really listening to like an hour, Mm -hmm. if I even need an hour to know what's going on in media and in news and with the world right now. And then once I have that consumption, then have pauses throughout my day to say, you know what? What would it look like for me to be sober-minded and just pause and spend some time in prayer? Well, and I think that's really important because one of the things that is creating so much chaos and anxiety is that we have information immediately. And it used to be, you know, even 200 years ago, mail, you could wait three months for a letter. You know, so there could be something happening, you know, in in Arkansas, and you might have lived in California, and you might not know about it until next year. Right. And so it really gave us this nice pace, and so we didn't have to pace ourselves. Yeah. Information paced it for us because it couldn't get here any sooner than it could get here. Well, that's not the case now. It's not. So we have to pace ourselves Mm -hmm. because we can get information 24-7 all the time and we get conflicting information because everyone's racing to give information before the other person gives it that they don't care about the accuracy all the time they really don't yeah so that's a really important point i'm glad you brought up that that part of the verse it really is i was even talking to my kids and again just taking it down to a very simplistic concept my grandfather used to say garbage in son garbage out (laughs) and that's so true and that's really what being sober-minded is is really looking at the intake of what we're putting into our minds. And I think I've realized more and more that our minds control our behavior. And we've got to be really aware to guard our minds and to make sure we're putting things that are true and right well that's exactly right see that's your mind is like a gps in your car you can put the wrong address in and no matter how many times you try to avoid it you have to take the address out and put a new one in yeah and so that's a great way of thinking that wow we have to start learning and hearing what's going on in our own mind. Yeah. Then the second part of the verse says to endure suffering. And in this great reveal, I've asked myself, God, 
why do I tend to shy away so much from any type of pain, any type of suffering? I mean, obviously, that's just kind of the natural reaction that we have as humans. But he's trying to teach us a lot. I know C.S. Lewis would say that in the moments of pain and suffering, God's voice is through a megaphone. And I believe during these times, not only individually, but across the entire world, God's voice is so clear. I heard a statistic that right now we're at an all-time high for sales for Bibles. So people are reaching out for the first time ever. And even those that are inside the church and have been walking in a relationship with God for the first time ever, they're starting to kind of lean into God's voice a little bit. So I've said, God, if I have to go through some trials in my life, let me not run away from them. Make sure that you're allowing me to be taught what you want to teach me through this season, through this suffering, whether it's devastation of job loss, which my wife's experienced that through her company, hotel industry, Mm -hmm. or loss of loved ones through the COVID virus. There's things that God wants to teach us in the midst of suffering. And James is very clear that we need to know that suffering produces perseverance, which strengthens our faith. So Lord, allow me to lean in, even though I want to lean away from suffering, and lean into you and ask, God, what do you want to teach me in this moment? I think that's really important. And when you talked about this whole idea of, you know, being also compassionate toward others and recognizing that everybody's life has been disrupted, Mm -hmm. some way more than others, you know, and recognizing that pain is one of the greatest motivators if we let it be. And that pain that we feel should not turn into criticism like the irritation or the upset or like, I can't believe they're acting that way or not acting this particular way. But to just say, you know, I'm going to believe the best about everybody right now. I'm going to believe that they're all doing the best they can. And I've said this to clients over the years. I've said, you know, their best might not be very good, but I have to believe they're doing the best they can. Why wouldn't they? If they could do better, why wouldn't they do better? So this must be their best. And, and this is how we as a culture can help everyone rise together instead of fighting and clawing our way to the top, right? Yeah. That we want, to bring, we want to bring people with us, that everybody has a different way of thinking and feeling and understanding this situation, but we're still all in it together, mm-hmm. you know, and there is no avoiding it. Yeah, it should be so unifying if mm-hmm. we really see it as God would intend it to be, mm-hmm. to unify us. I mean, just this week, I mean, in, in the recent weeks we've seen multiple social justice causes. The Red Nose Day was this week. And I mean, people are really trying to eradicate and and remove things like hunger, like poverty, like sex traffic. I mean, great things I think Mm -hmm. will come out of this, but we gotta ask ourselves in this new normal, will we truly align with the heart of God, the heartbeat of God, to do the things that he's asked us to do, united together as one. And you mentioned this before, the new normal. I mean, I as well didn't really know that I had neighbors because most of us just come home and right, the garage right. open and shuts, and that's right. the end of it. Right. Then we go into our backyards, right. and we face the wall or the pool mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And now for the first time, I've always kind of waved to the neighbors, but now not only waving, I know their names because I've made the step to say, you know what, we're going to do kind of a hangout gathering in our driveway, and we're going to invite neighbors, and everybody came. <laughs> because the new normal should be yes. connecting in community yes. With people around you. That's right. In your neighborhood, Because that always makes the community safer. Yeah. When you know your neighbors. It really does. You know, and and so I think it really is about taking care of God's people and recognizing that 
you know, I don't, you know, obviously God didn't create this, but he knew this was happening. And so if he knew this was going to happen at the beginning of the foundations of the earth, he knew in 2020 the COVID virus would infect the world. He already has made a way where there didn't seem to be a way. He's already made a way if we are willing to look for it and, and be open to it, right? And he also is always saying to us that in spite of whatever is going on, I can make a good thing come of that. So in all things, I can make a good thing from, from whatever is even bad. And so if we look for the good things and we say, you know, how can I come out of this better, stronger, healthier, kinder, uh, more patient, right, healthier, that I have, I have better health, you know, care that I do to myself, I have a better, you know, whatever my, my you know, practice is, whatever I, and I think that that's really the goal here is to let this reveal what have I been avoiding or what have I actually not even known about that I need to change, yeah. you know, and that if I don't need to change it, I need to then maybe expand on it. And so how can I come out of this better? Because that is always, that, that just kicks the enemy in the gut every time. <laughs> so what last words do you have to say? Because we're kind of at the end here. Yeah, I would just say for all of us, I think you just, you just nailed it when you just said what you said. I think for all of us, we want to get better through this. And I think it's really allowing ourselves to be sober-minded enough mm-hmm. to say, Lord, will you help me be sober-minded? Will you help reveal the things inside of me that allow me to be more loving? allow me to be more kind, allow me to be more patient to my family, to my community, to a complete stranger at the Absolutely. grocery store. Absolutely, yes. Lord, help grow those fruits, help grow my character from the inside out through what you're doing in my life now. That's great. So thank you so much for being here today, Mark. I appreciate me. it. It was really nice having you. And listeners, make sure that you check out Mark Lucas. He also has a great show that I think you would be very interested in and appreciate. And that you really take time to just think about what, what we talked about today, what we've talked about in, in different shows, just how you can really take advantage of this time and show really the world who God really is. A loving God, a kind God, a gracious God, a fair God, and someone that is, has long-suffering and, and is able to overcome and, and to really become better because of hardship. And, and it's, you know, no fun to hear all of that. But any time you or I have gone through a process like that, we know we like ourselves better and we like others better and we get a bigger part of God. And so I just say, God bless you this week. Be kind, be loving and have a great week. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and iTunes. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.